welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your host and licensed funeral director, Victor Rubio. Hello and welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. I'm your host and licensed funeral director, Victor Rubio. And today we are here to discuss episode 11 of season three of Six Feet Under, titled Death Works Overtime. I am back with superstar, <laughs> megastar. Okay. <laughs> uh, person who should be doing the podcast instead of me, I prefer Mrs. Willis. I prefer Mrs. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> Mrs. Pitbull. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Mm. Um, is, mm-hmm. there, is there anything you want to say? To everyone listening, just thank you for the continued support and the no. shout outs. No, good night. Or, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not going to practice my Espanol. Sleeps well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to practice. Oh, I know what I can say. Senora, mi pero no te hara. That's what I'm learning right now. So, we're just going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> this poor lady that uh, continues to walk on my street when I'm walking my dog Dunkin' Donut, she cusses me out in Spanish and so I, because she's afraid of my dog is what I picked up. So I've learned that. What did she say? Um, I guess she had a a dog attack her one time and that's why. What did she say? I mean, if the translation is keep your effing dog away from me oh. so uh, what did she say in spanish is what i'm asking okay i'm not gonna say I'm that sa- i'm sure i, I can't hear i don't understand i mean i can't you just said it before i know i'm saying to her oh. ma'am my dog will not hurt you gotcha mm-hmm. okay i'm just trying to make it a little bit easier for <laughs> her to walk on the street and not be afraid of your dog okay <laughs> uh so we're here with episode 11 death works over time uh there was commentary and i think there's only like two things to even add to the episode um anything before we get into the episode or no no okay <laughs> i feel like I feel like you're on a de- uh we're in a court deposition <laughs> you look really good tonight <laughs> what <laughs> i just wanted to say that <laughs> all right so um the death capsule there's three deaths that happen uh and then intertwine with nate still not be able being able to find lisa uh, you have Dorothy Sue, the woman who gets shot in a robbery at the deli. Uh, Edward Tully, the electrician who holds onto power lines during an earthquake. And uh, the phone call with David about where Lisa is. And then uh, David Monroe at the gym passing out. Uh, anything on any of those deaths? Yes. I I the the I just was very shaked up by the robbery at the convenience store. Absolutely senseless and just angered me when I saw that. She gave him the money, walk away. Right. He didn't need to kill her. I just I I hate I hate senseless um death. Uh when the guy passes out at the gym, I love that it's like all like there's like four people and they're all like I'm not gonna say they're overweight, but they're just not as in shape as. And you're thinking it's gonna be one of them. Yeah, and it's like the toned. Yeah, yeah. And just a totally like yeah, shape or whatever. yeah. And for a show that takes place in California, Los Angeles, it's the first earthquake on the show, which mm-hmm. was kind of cool. That uh, one was pretty realistic, man. He, he mean you know the earthquake, and then he just grabbed on to how that's ugh. Yeah. Poor thing. Uh, this episode was kind of weird because I feel like there's like a lot to discuss, but I also feel like there's not. I don't know, it's like pretty straightforward. I remember I was telling you, it's like a really short episode. Mm-hmm. It's only like 48 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's literally only 48 minutes. Uh, but I guess something as, as two funeral directors, 
there's a scene here after these deaths happen that um, Nate picks up the phone and he just goes, hello, and then he finds out it's a death call. Uh, just the idea of how important phones are mm-hmm. that, um, I mean, I know, I know you've worked in everything down here, but uh, just during like, I guess like an earthquake, whatnot, like national disasters, catastrophes, have you ever like went through that? And how, because I, I remember telling you, was, uh, I had gone through Hurricane Sandy, mm-hmm. and that was like something that really rocked just everyone, like totally out of your normal. You can't see my hands on the podcast, but your normal, like, way of things. Did you ever go through anything like that? No, I'm fortunate not to have experienced that as a funeral director. I remember Hurricane Sandy, we had to all transport all the bodies to a hospital. Yeah. Of all the funerals we were working at, and we had to transport them all to a place. And then, like, the next day, like we had to transfer them all back to places, you know, yeah. and all funeral homes lost power. I mean, we have, you know, we have a procedure and so forth on how to handle hurricanes, being that we're definitely in a hurricane area. But no, I haven't had to uh, go through that yet. And you see, like this past week, it just passed. It was 20 years since Hurricane Andrew, mm. which fucking killed people. Like that was, yeah. that was, I, I can't imagine, like if that happens again down here, I can't imagine what that's going to be like. Well, it's obvious. I know that um, what they did before, it was pretty bad because they just, it wasn't prepared, you yeah. know, like business wise. I mean, it's devastating when loss of life occurs as a result of a natural disaster, of course. But I think that I think our county is going to be and, and the other surrounding counties are going to be a little bit more prepared and it won't be as bad as it was. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, the idea of how always having phones. Um, you, did you ever have a pager working in the funeral industry? No, no, I didn't have a pager. I have, I always had a cell phone, but I never, it was only until, um, I, I went up to Orlando to work for just a little bit. Uh, just take a little break that I have to take phones at night and it was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was, it was absolutely horrible. We had a call, you know, we had a dispatch company that worked after, you know, five o'clock. And so they handled all the silly calls. Like, I mean, I guess they're not silly calls, but you know what floor. So I recommend that you're not answering, but it is amazing to me how many people call a funeral home at three o'clock in the morning to find out visitation times. Well, it wasn't even this past week. Someone showed up to the funeral home after hours and i don't mean like 5 15 yeah i'm talking like 8 30 to want to plan an entire funeral i, <laughs> I guess people just think we're 24 hours right? i mean i understand thinking that we're 24 hours but thanks to technology we get to go home now because i used to sleep there because you yeah. couldn't you didn't have cell phones yeah. and you couldn't forward your phones but yeah we we're, we're gonna go home and go to sleep <laughs> i i just i'm telling you when that screeching noise because you had different tones on your phone yeah. when that screeching noise would go off at three o'clock in the morning my heart just oh that's, it so scares you, me to but death. See, but so you get it, and, and I, I have this here that, um, like, I I was working trade when I was in New York, and like, not only would we have to get up and answer the phone and be cognizant to take it down, but then we had to go and out and take the you know wherever the person had died, a hospital, mm-hmm. a house, wherever, and just go through with you know your embalming and everything. Yeah, I had to make uh, removals too. That was great for my age at the time which was only like five years ago, but <laughs> wow. Like I can't, now it's like, if it's after a certain time of the night, I can't even like move from my bed. <laughs> I, I can't believe, and I used to like wait for it. Like, like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to have a 4am call and you know, totally fucked up while you're sleeping, whatever. Um, do you shut your phone off at night or no? Cause I, sh- I no. the reason why I'm asking that I shut my phone off now at night. Yeah. Like right before I go to bed, I shut my phone off from like post-traumatic stress and no offense <laughs> to like anyone who actually has real post-traumatic stress, but 
just not having to answer the phone at like mm-hmm. night, whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't ever shut your phone off? No, I got to keep that phone open for some hotline bling. There, okay, so let's move on. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I, by the way, love that song. Um, no, I keep my phone on because it's just natural habit. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, because of being on call and because you're so afraid you're going to miss that call, mm-hmm. I check my phone probably three times a night. I hate that. I wake up, have to look, and I just get a little panicky. But why? We're not on call. Now. I know it's just it's just something that it, it one when you can't explain it until you do it just well I guess you get it but it's just that fear that you miss something something's but if happened a, if a call comes at 3 a.m what are you you're not doing anything <laughs> I mean I'm not I'm just saying that first of all I'm not going to answer that call at 3 a.m let's just be honest so you, here so you check your phone three times a night to, <laughs> to know you're not going to do anything <laughs> <laughs> just wake up to know that I'm not doing anything and see what's going on on Instagram right and also Snapchat I mean let's not forget that so when you like or request Natalie at 3 a.m just know she checks it <laughs> and I'll respond to you <laughs> and go ahead just give out your Instagram title because I know you want to <laughs> what me no Nat loves Duncan <laughs> That's D-U-N-K-I-N. Dog, memes, and food. Right. right. Oh, my God. Um, so, basically, we have here is Lisa's still missing, and they get a, a an abundance, I don't know, whatever the word is. They get an excessive amount of calls, which so that's is like, three. That's <laughs> okay. like a slow day for us. But, you know, what's funny. Uh, I mean, I, I, guess, I guess let's somewhat stick to the show. The idea that Nate tries to work through it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like really backfires. Yeah. I totally get like wanting to work through that. Like I just need to get my mind out of the gutter and yeah. like stop thinking about whatever this. But like it totally backfires. Big he's time. Like, Wait, why are you? Uh, was your wife the one who died from cancer or whatever? And he's yeah. like, no, my wife was shot. And it's like, whoa. I just imagine that like. No, but don't you remember the comment that he made before that? He said, oh, at least she's, at least oh, she's yeah. not in pain anymore. Yeah, it's like, oh my God. And he just, <laughs> and even, even the intern looked at him like, did right, you just right. say yeah. that? I think that he's in such, he's got so much emotional issues going on and personal issues that at this point you have to tell your employer I need a break. I mean, this is serious what's going on yeah. with them. You can't bring that into the funeral industry. But I totally You can't get, do that. But I, like, and while I'm with you, I totally get the idea of just him, but like him wanting to work through it, like he should have like stocked shelves or like swept or yeah. cleaned something. Like yeah. he shouldn't be meeting with families, no, you know? <laughs> no, Oh gosh, that's awful. And I, I, I can't imagine how off-putting it would be like, you know, as a family member to, you know, but like, how do I say, like, this kind of happens, like he, he wanted to work, but whatnot. But I was just thinking like, when you're so busy like that, and kind of like the days we have, mm-hmm. where one moment you're like, all right, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, you're just like, oh, can you go meet with the Smith family and then handle the other Smith family? I'm just making up some, you know, names. And you're just completely, fl- not flustered, but just like. Like you need like 10 seconds to just be like, okay, I'm now meeting with Smith and this is the person. Yeah, who, you're processing your Or schedule. I'm like, I'm just going over something or we're doing an earned selection, whatever. Um, yeah, but I think David should have been just a little bit more aware of what's right, going on. Right, I think and, they all should have been. And put the foot down and said, you know, Nate, we appreciate it, but you've got a real serious but just, thing. Just the idea of, of like swinging like that. I kind of wish this episode, because it's like death works overtime. Now they got three calls. Mm-hmm. They didn't show anywhere near the franticness Correct. of what that really is like. Correct. Uh, and we'll get into it later where they schedule the three services at the same time. Which is, I didn't I know, even know, I know that place could handle that. Well, that's the other thing too. I didn't know either. And then it's just like, you're never, if they had like 15 cases, 
I get why they had to schedule three at the same time, but we're assuming that they had three. And it always, I always, I guess one of my biggest gripes with the show is they never show all the stuff on the side of. You only see the three funeral directors working mm-hmm. and Arthur. Mm-hmm. They never show the people who clean up, who get everything ready, who get the register cards. Uh, the well, maybe cards it's ready. them though. I mean, they're a small enough business. They don't. They don't have an office manager. I mean, I know, but like, they don't. They don't share the behind the scene details that we do. Who has the days off and, and how do they? Yeah, I'm just saying there has to be. Yeah, like I always say at the at minimum a maintenance man. Yeah, a guy who's a what, what even make him part time. They're not all there. They can't all be there. And the two of them are brothers, so yeah. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We just uh, passively sure. agreed right there. <laughs> uh, when they're talking about uh, Dorothy, uh, Dorothy Sue and Mr. Sue is there. Did you notice where they had a plot? Yes, that's famous. Is oh, it's a famous cemetery. Oh my God, I wasn't even thinking. I was thinking that to a cemetery down here. Is that a famous cemetery, Forest Lawn? Are you kidding me? Oh, that's the when the celebrities are. Are that's you really ki- funny? <laughs> okay. <laughs> How long have you been in this industry, Victor? All right, but I'm not. You know okay, what? Okay. Sometimes I, we're going to have an offline conversation. Yes. I thought because it was a cemetery down here. Are you sure that one is called Forest Lawn out in California? Mm-hmm. The, the Like the one where all the celebrities are? Yeah. You're a thousand percent positive. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm going to, you, you're going to Google it. I'm just not, to make no, sure. like while we're talking, we're going to, I'm going to find it and then. What are you going to do if I'm wrong now? Cut off your mic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when David is with Mrs. Tully, the, the wife of the, uh, the guy who was electrocuted, Keith shows up and David just totally has, I know like he's like, oh, oh, BRB. <laughs> yeah. No, what? And I'm just going to talk with my boyfriend about everything that's going on. Like he's um, even, he even goes outside and like sits down and relaxes. I mean, there's like, she just traumatically lost yeah. her husband. What are you doing? And I have to imagine too, that it would have been more time efficient for David to be like, Keith, wait right here. I'm going to rush these up. Like get like yeah. pertinent details and yep. just be like, thank you. I have to start making, you know, kind of or, fib to the um, family. To, I'm going to have you take a look at these prayer cards and you let me know. I'll be right back. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're back in 20 minutes. Later, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's like, no problem. And then the selection room is like inside the chapel too. It's so, well, the that, way that's, that this that's is the built. logistics of, of what they show us on the show. What not doesn't work out. One of the caskets is called a Cleveland. And one of the writers on the show, and he says it's the lowest casket they have. Uh-huh. Um, one of the writers and the guy who did the commentaries, Rick Cleveland, he says that was like a nod to himself, which is okay. Yeah. Well, well that's special. <laughs> uh, I guess if we could start some of the storylines, uh, Rico and Vanessa. Go ahead. No, no, I w- I'm waiting for you just to confirm that I was correct. <laughs> I'm not. I can't. I have to talk and do it at the same time. Okay. Okay. So that's why I'm trying to. What it's I'm trying multitasking. To do is, what I'm trying that's to do. Cool. <laughs> what I'm trying to do is toss something up for you to talk. So oh, I can you want me to look at the you. prayer card book right, right now? Okay, <laughs> can you look at the prayer it. card book? I can look at the prayer card book right now. That was really clever of you. Yes, Rico and Vanessa. Uh, Angelic, uh, go ahead. She's getting some help, and she's got the very supportive sister who obviously hates Rico. Mm-hmm. And um, where else do you want me to go with that? <laughs> I don't know. So I let you fly for like 10 seconds. <laughs> and I and failed. Just keep I completely failed. Uh, his sister Angelica is really intent on, on removing Rico from yeah. the situation. Yeah. Which is just odd because, I mean, he is the, the brother. And I guess I know that the hate there or whatever. Uh, but the first scene with Vanessa, when she's <laughs> telling the doctor this like 
pill cocktail that she's been taking. Oh, that's right. I complete. Did you hear all of those? I, those things fly by me because I don't know anything besides like Tylenol. I know, but she's like, she, and then when she admitted the, so this is obviously like pre 2008, 2009, when they really started cracking down on the pill mills and so forth. Mm-hmm. She even admitted that it, a nurse friend of her just gives her pills on right. the side. Right. I mean, like she's mixing so many things. It's no wonder why she's in such a state of depression because it's having adverse effects. And, and I'm not to mention that some of those that she's mixing, can cause uh, a fatal overdose. Right. You know, can say can slow down your heart to where she just doesn't wake up. Am mm. I wrong? <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong about the cemetery? What the, What is the name of the cemetery? Okay. No, 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 no. Put your phone down. What okay. is the name of the cemetery? Uh, Forest Hills Memorial. Forest Lawn. Forest Hills Memorial Forest Lawn. Okay, what was it? What was it? <laughs> no, I'm asking you. Because what do you think it was? Forest Lawn. That's it? Yeah. It's Forest Lawn. Memorial Park. I knew that. You, I just asked you. I, I know, just, but I totally knew that. I just asked when I hear you. Forest Lawn, I think of the cemetery out in California where all the famous people are buried. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> uh, the idea that Vanessa could think any of that was healthy, I guess you could sort of like like the the doctor said, like these aren't magic bullets. Yeah, and I could totally get just like totally like lying to yourself like no no this is fine it's totally okay I'm mixing I just can't believe the stuff that she was mixing. Yeah, I mean I'm surprised she's not in a coma. Um, when, when in, inside the Rico storyline and we get like, uh, when Arthur brings in Mr. Monroe, the guy who was electrocuted and Arthur, Arthur is just getting on their nerves and like Rico flips out. Um, what was Rico doing to the arm? Did the, you notice that too? But I don't know what he was doing. Cause it looked like on one hand he was like cosmetizing it, uh-huh. but it looked like he was at the stage where he has to still dry it out. I, don't, I, I really didn't get what he was doing. I, I was didn't know what like he was really doing hard, either. Like, yeah. It, it, it's like I said, they have a funeral consultant on the show. So it's not like they like just picked up two random things and whatever. But it kind of looked like, I mean, if I had to take a guess mm-hmm. what he looked like, it was supposed to he was doing. He had like that, like that makeup sponge mm-hmm. and it was like soaked in drying, which is like a, a quadrant to like dry out uh, um, like human tissue, whatnot. Um, and he was just dabbing it. I don't know. I don't know what he was. I saw it too. And at first I thought he was cosmetizing or like restoring it. And I thought, well, why don't you just uh, soak some Weber oil and drying and then put plastics on and long, long sleeves. Why are you? And and to what you're saying, it's not going to be seen. That drying is like, it's like a drying chemical, which is, it always, I never could wrap my head around that a water agent is a drying chemical. Yeah. I guess it makes sense. Um, And... Webril is just like a, a sheet form of cotton. Is that fair to say? Yes. And just kind of sometimes we would wrap something that's exposed or, or I don't know what, I don't know a proper term to use besides oozing. I don't think that that is the proper term at all. <laughs> what is, so what is, uh, that may be leaking or uh, discharging or something like that. Yes. Um, you're, more, you're a lot more comfortable saying discharge than I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I don't know, you wrap it, and then like Natalie was saying, like we would put it in plastic, so even if it does leak, it stays contained. Correct. But then, did you also notice what David was doing? Because it looked like he was waxing something. I just don't know what he was waxing. I, was, you know what, he was kind of he was using doing his hand. Was as he like a, was he waxing the gunshot the uh, entry point? It, but he um, never went up to the forehead, and we cle- we yeah. clearly see. Well, maybe he was maybe he was um, waxing the suture. I don't know. I did notice that he was doing. That's that's what we do. We heat it up, and he he had gloves on when he was doing that. Yeah. Well, uh, I also think too. Like I don't think it was meant for. 
a podcast to completely nitpick what we they were doing. completely <laughs> just nitpicked what they were doing. I just don't think that that was meant to. I didn't to, see um, any um, Cheez-Its in the room, though, that time. So I guess they may have moved the, <laughs> yeah. the coffee table out. And and when, when Rico flips <laughs> out on, on Arthur, because um, basically what happens is that apparently they can't leave the body out too long. And it has to put in the... Refrigeration. They're following state law. That's we have to. That's the same thing we do too. But there's 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 lee like there's leeway. We're assuming Arthur just came from the medical examiner's office. Correct. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. From there, I mean, I don't know why you couldn't just roll into the the cooler. I don't know what the deal was with that. But for them to yell at him and just say that we break rules sometimes, unacceptable. Well, okay, but hold on. Absolutely unacceptable. When you're this busy as they are, you kind of fudge the rules a little bit. I just I, I don't I don't know what the rule was or the law that they were breaking by having him out there like that. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, what what were they what law were they breaking that? Well, that's what he said about they they have to be in refrigeration. I think Arthur even said that. But for them just to be like, well, you we're just gonna here's the thing: if you need five minutes to go clear a space, that's one thing. But to insinuate that we're just not going to follow state law is absolutely unacceptable. And that's like what I was getting from them yelling at him. I guess so. Uh, I just think I sided more with Rico and David. Just like listen. You don't follow every rule to a T. And I understand that what we're talking about is don't look at me with those eyes. I see how you're looking at me. <laughs> and that's why I wear the management sweater. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> She's just looking at me, this judge of rain. Yeah, I'm judging All right. you. All right. I'm a rule breaker. Natalie's not. Um, when Rico's leaving for work that next day, him, uh, Angelica and Vanessa are like talking. And I just feel like they're like on purpose, excluding Rico from everything. And then just like, oh, by the way, can I get your credit card? I like that move. <laughs> and he should have given that without any question because you know what? She does work a full-time job, does take care of them children, and she needs stuff. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> but you're here saying she needs her credit card. And it's like, all right, fine. But look what she did with it. I mean, I thought it was very reasonable what she did with that. But they have a they have something in place where if it's a purchase over $100, which mm-hmm. I think is completely reasonable. Mm-hmm. They check in with each other. Mm-hmm. Why does she get to just totally break that that rule they have? You know, because she's had a really hard time. And what, he hasn't? You know, we're just not going to agree on this one. But I just, it was a, a hundred bucks. You got to check in for a hundred bucks. Are you kidding me? Hold on. But she'd been buying a TV and a refrigerator. <laughs> I mean, it was for the house. It wasn't like she bought, you know, Jimmy Choo's for herself. I understand. But there's like, no matter what it was, it could have even been like clothes for their kids or anything. It's just something you check in with. Are you just going to stand pat with Vanessa on this no matter what? No, no, <laughs> like, like no, <laughs> no. I mean, this is, this is, you, Do you know. think it's completely fine what she did? You know what? <clears throat> I hear what you're saying. <laughs> That's all you have. That's all, what, all I have. And this is probably reason number two. While if I ever get into a relationship again, separate checking accounts. No way. No, no, no sharing. Well, I mean, no, no, this. No, because uh, I'm not going to ask permission. I understand. No, <laughs> but you're, you're taking it so far off. It's the idea that they check in with each other for a hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And th- it, it didn't even sound like we asked permission. He said we just, hey, I'm going to buy this stereo. I'm going to buy this whatever. She bought something like let's just assume it was over a thousand dollars. Listen, back in that time, which was how long ago? Fourteen years ago. That TV that she bought was probably like three thousand dollars and you're still st- sticking up for vanessa 
I think, I mean, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not, okay. I'm going to, I'm not going to stick up for her. I, I understand in this marriage, they should have checked in, mm-hmm. but the sister was right. The girl, the uh, Vanessa works really, really hard and needed uh-huh. a nice little treat. And Rico probably would have said no. So it goes back to that old saying, it's easier to ask forgiveness than to ask for permission. Fine. Does Rico not need a treat then? What treat does Rico need? Well, well, well why? He also works a full-time job. And I'm pretty sure he take. It looks like he takes care of his kids when he's home. Okay, Rico. Well, you know what? You can go buy a nice new microwave for the house. How about that? That's your treat. That's your treat. Okay. I mean, okay, okay. I, I don't know. I, I I get retail therapy and all that, but it's like retail therapy's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like okay. Then we're, he, Rico's just supposed to be like, oh, okay, it's totally fine. You just completely broke all of the rules that mm-hmm. we've set for this. Yeah. It is okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then we see Rico <laughs> going to dance at the club, which is a sort of a, a sign of things to come. But wait a minute. Wait, uh-huh. We missed something there, too, you know, because the sister was yelling at him about doing things and being there and getting her involved. And he's like, yeah, we go and we do dance lessons. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's super cool. Okay. And when I was watching that, I had a little idea. Okay. I'm not going <laughs> dancing with you. That will not I improve think, the podcast. I just think that our platonic friendship is ready for the next step. And that's platonically going to salsa classes together. You know what, like the next thing you know, you are taking my credit card. <laughs> our this platonic, platonic relationship is ready for our next step. And that's yeah. for us to platonically share your credit card. <laughs> Look at this microwave and shoes I bought myself. <laughs> We're friends, bestie. <laughs> oh God. Um, so that's that's gonna be a no. It see, looked really fun. I just wanted to say. Well, see, you should have worded it as I think the podcast will be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, to move to Brenda, Billy, and and Burns, Ashes, and I guess Margaret too. Uh, Brenda is finding have a new. Brenda is trying to find a new place after having been. Did we go over this last time, chalked? Did I talk about that with someone else on the podcast? No, no. You asked me if I knew what chalked meant. And you do you? I forgot. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> Wait, when someone just runs up to you and kisses you? Did you watch oh. the last episode or yeah, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, no, when, when Billy um, chalks, essentially, Brenda. Uh, this apartment that she looks at, and this scene just passed already because we have it on, was 175 a week, which oh. means it was 700 a month. And that I think it had central was... AC. <laughs> I noticed that, but it smelled like cats. I don't know. Um, That place is huge. No, it was cute for for one seventy five in the whole courtyard, whatever. Yeah. Uh, This was one of the things in the the commentary. Uh, Brenda mentions that her family died in a flood, Mm -hmm. which kind of sounds like just the most. You know, my family was. Yeah. Got struck by Pegasus or something. Uh, The the writer's family actually. And I, I meant to look Google this, and I forgot to. The Jonestown flood. Do you know what that is? Oh no! He said some of his family members, and that was like sort of like homage to it. Oh, that's really but sad. I that didn't was know cool that. To, um, yeah. Notice uh, when the day comes to spread Burn's ashes, Margaret says Burn wanted to be surprised where his ashes ended up, and I guess he would be pretty surprised <laughs> to not just ended up on the street. <laughs> uh, anything on the, the what they go through. Because they're arguing about where to go to, and they're going to go up to um, 
God, I don't know. Is Cantina a place? I, I don't know. I don't recognize this, but you should probably throw in there that in California, it's a state law that like here in Florida, if somebody's cremated, their final disposition place is uh, the cream, the name of the crematory. Right. And in California, if you're cremated and you're scattered, you must provide those coordinates or place or address. And that goes on the burial transit permit. That's a requirement. So if you remember, she, um, she had said something about, you know, well, we can't do that because we didn't tell the funeral home or whatnot. Oh, really? I <laughs> yeah. Didn't even pick up no, on no. That. On in California, you have to put down the, um, if you're being scattered, you have to put scattered at, you know, family residence or something. That would be the place of disposition. But this is presumably three weeks after the fact and mm-hmm. after he was cremated and everything. So yeah, and that's when they like a month and a half. That's they had mentioned something about we can't legally do that or something. So or we can't get caught doing that because we didn't bring it up. Uh, were they legally allowed to spread off the balcony? No, but they oh, just did it. I okay. mean, I'm sure a lot of people in California don't don't follow that, but that's just something that I had learned um, in my time in the industry that that's a rule there. When you see a scattering like this, or or I don't think I've ever seen a scattering at sea, but the idea of scattering, what's the, is there anything movie or television wise or like, what is the first thing that comes to your mind with scattering? We scattered, we scattered my mom's cremated remains. So that experience where um, I, I gotta tell you in, Personally, in my opinion, I don't like scattering like any of my family members. I would definitely not encourage it. I get that people do it and it's their thing. It's and I never impose my feelings on other families. But we scattered my mom. Um, you know, I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. We scattered Kim my Street. mom. <laughs> we scattered my mom um, in the Cooper River, which is okay. a big. She worked for this uh, huge law firm that. Um, uh, they're actually the ones that sued Marble. Um, but anyways, they Philip, they sued Philip Morris. Um, they had this huge law firm on this beautiful, like part of, of the water by the Cooper river bridge and the Cooper river and so forth. And, uh, she died while she was working there. So they let us go like out to the area and scatter, but here's the thing. I'll never be able to go there again. Yeah. You know, you can't, I can't see it again. And it wasn't as like, you know, like when you see, we didn't have a scattering urn or anything like that. Do you just dump it from a plastic bag? We had a plastic bag, but we put our hands in it and scattered and it was windy and it really does blow back on you. So while I understand some people prefer to scatter, I do always recommend, you know, either a scattering tube or a scattering urn or a water urn or something, because it does make it a little bit easier, but people do what they want to do. However, he was in the culture gray marble urn. Did you see that? Oof, that's a heavy urn. Um, yeah, I noticed that two episodes ago. I was like, damn, that's really weird that they would get that urn and, and they're still going to scatter whatnot. Cause then now what are they doing with that urn? Yeah. Right? Like, I always ask, what it, what are you going to do with the cremated remains? And if they said I would scatter, I would definitely not encourage them to purchase yeah. that unless that's something they want as a keepsake and I'll engrave it and whatnot. Yeah. That's fine. But yeah, that's not my first choice. Whenever I hear or think of scattering, even as I'm working day to day, um, do you ever see the big Lebowski? Yes. When they have Donnie's ashes in a coffee can. Yes. And they and they do dump it like you said, and it's just all on uh, the yeah. dude's face. It actually does happen <laughs> like that. <laughs> um. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, so I just. Yep. I had all some of that written down. And I totally went over that. Uh, and I guess just how unsanitary it would be for the people on the street, passersby. Uh, the part where Margaret 
Brenda's mother is singing. Um, I don't know the name of the song. Killing Me Softly. It's called Killing Me Softly. Mm-hmm. So that and the Fuji song was just titled the same. No, the Fu- that song that she's singing was an original song from the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. And then they, the Fugees remade it. But they're both called Killing Me Softly. Now? Correct. Oh. Yeah. She said that she was. Singing. I think it's Roberta Parker who originally. Roberta, I thought it was Roberta Fleck. Yes, that's it. I don't know where I got that from. She sang it originally, and then Lauren Hill, Miss right. Lauren Hill. Well, the Fugees, not Lauren. Also, Hill. the Fugees. Okay. Do you love Lauren Hill? Uh, anyway, she said that that was totally <laughs> unscripted. That she just started singing it, and it was just like, "Oh, wow. you're kidding? Yeah, okay." Like, oh, I thought that's... it was great with her wine glass. Yeah, <laughs> just I was like, "This, this is <laughs> Sunday you. for me. Yeah, this is a you. Sunday when I'm off." <laughs> if you ever pass by Natalie's house on a Sunday, she's doing the same. <laughs> In my snow white pajama pants. <laughs> and she yells out Mrs. 305 in between songs. <laughs> Mrs. Worldwide. <laughs> uh, to, to Russell and Claire, uh, Russell's sitting on the, the hearse, the coach, whatever you want to call it. And Russell is begging for Claire back. Uh, I kind of like that Claire's not a pushover at all. She's kind of like, not only is she saying like, fuck you, but <laughs> that thing you were going to give me, fucking ugly as shit. She did say that thing was <laughs> ugly and it was. Uh, the... the, the <laughs> The PT created is hideous. Yeah, it was hideous. <laughs> Good for Claire. Uh, I, I guess like the, the biggest scene for, for Claire and here is when she's getting her grade done by Olivier. Uh, you know, we're critiqued and Claire is still Claire here. Like she's still standing her ground. And just the idea that like if her teacher doesn't respect her, why would she respect him? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, when Claire calls him a phony... It's the first time I've seen that character Olivier crack. Yes. I feel like he kind of was like, oh, shit. She's Mm kind of got me here. But someone like Olivier always pissed me off because it's one of those people. It's like no matter how wrong. I I was trying to come up with something and I don't want to like drag politics into it. But something that someone believes is so absurd. But no matter what you say to them, they could never... They'll always be able to like slink away. Mm-hmm. I, I'm relating it to like last night. If people who thought like Conor McGregor was going to win the fight, whatever, um, but you don't know anything like that. Uh, that was, yeah, of course, and Mayweather. Uh huh. Yeah, I know the fight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> why would you think I didn't? Okay. <laughs> just curious. Well, I was just trying to come up with something. What is something that some people? There are people out there who think it, and it's so absurd to think, but. Like, there are still people out there who think the other way. Like, 9-11 was an inside job or just something like that. Do you understand yeah. what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And I feel like Olivier is just always, your work is never good. He always has just this pretentious, like, fucking way about him. Yeah. And no matter what you say to him, mm-hmm. he's just always going to be able to, like, slink away. Um, but that, don't you think that that moment, too, was amazing? I, I don't know about you, but when you want to tell, like, you get into a fight with somebody... And then you take a shower like hours later the next morning and you rehash it and you have like, <laughs> you have, real, like, yeah, you have yeah. like really good comebacks. I felt like that was Claire. I felt, I felt like, yeah, Claire, cause she like told him off on the spot, you know, and there wasn't anything for her to rehash in the shower. Like she yeah. really put him on the spot. Cause then at the end, yes, because at the end and you're a thousand percent right, because uh, if I'm Claire, you know, and I say, I think I deserve an A and he goes undeserved. I would have been like, fuck you. <laughs> and then the next day in the shower, I would have been like, unimportant fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah i totally would have been like claire if she came back no yeah her. the way she just yeah like, like, like barked back unimportant i was like whoa <laughs> like yes yes um there's a scene with claire and ruth where ruth is unexplicably positive and claire's a lot more rational uh 
like when Claire says, and it is like sort of a theme within the Fisher family that like no one really talks about what's going on. Yeah. And I mean, we'll get there later in the episode with with what Ruth the Ruth bleh, Ruth does. Um, when Ruth says, "I have a lot more life experience than you. Why why must you be so negative?" Um, when Claire Claire responds to that, right? I'm just trying to prepare for the worst. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and you've already done it this <laughs> done it this episode, but <laughs> sort of the part where if I'm like translating who's who here. Would you say you're Ruth and I'm Claire, or no? You're not. You're not. You're not going to agree. I love to that? it how you just put us in these characters. Well, no, don't we you, we completely. Are okay. No, are you not Ruth here? Positive and upbeat. Right, but also blind to what is actually going on. <laughs> Would you say that or no? God. <laughs> yes, I am Ruth. I am so Ruth. Because I mean, funny. How, right? I mean. Um, <laughs> we, we can't talk about personal things but like aren't i most of the time like claire like hey something really happened bad happened and like no one and ruth is just like no she's probably perfectly fine she's probably gonna come yeah. back better than ever <laughs> yeah just like yeah, yeah. she's probably dead right? yeah yeah. Um, yeah you are claire <laughs> <laughs> oh, i just don't have as good comebacks um Ruth has a, like sort of this similar scene with David later, and Ruth just doesn't let go of this positive notion. Do you want to answer that? No. Okay. And but why do you think Ruth is like that? Because she she even holds on to it later when it's like it's pressing more and, and everything. And as well, I think that it has everything to do with the end of her being in a funeral home and being around death all the time too. Is but so is Claire. Yeah, but I think that I think that Ruth has just seen so much and dealt with so much and heard so much that maybe she's just adapted to having this more positive attitude. You know, Claire's still newer. I mean, she's hasn't have. I mean, she's spent her time, but she's not really been exposed to it like Ruth has. I think Ruth's just trying to play. It's just trying to be the upbeat, more positive person. Make sure because because the what she understands is that when it's when it's not okay, she knows what comes with it. Yeah, and maybe she's not ready to face that. Maybe she's not ready to deal with that. She doesn't want people to go through that. I guess. Uh, I also kind of feel like, I guess she is the mother. Like she is like the top one here. So yeah, it's that's kind probably of, a good it's point. It's on her to like weather the storm and be like, yeah. no, no, everything's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, I, I think like something like in, at this point, I feel like she could have just been a little bit more. And again, I, I going back to <laughs> the way you are versus the way <laughs> I am. I feel like her, I don't want to say faking it, but she could have started to done things proactive instead of just being like, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Oh my God, a stranger. Everything is wrong. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, I just feel like she could have, I mean, for herself, because mm-hmm. I, I, I can't imagine how, again, just if you keep thinking something's positive and then something bad hits you and it's like, oh my God, I don't know. To me, it just hits you a million times worse. Yeah. Yeah, I it does. That's why I'm an eternal non-optimist. I don't know what do you call that. You Cynicist? are definitely the glass is half empty. <laughs> and you're half full. Okay. And I am half full. Yes, I am. Oh, okay. Just because he's only seen me twice this year. He's still in love with me, Victor. Even though, even though he's only seen me twice. For for 15 minutes at a time, he's still in love with me. See, I'm going to keep that going, Victor. It's kind of like after we finish recording, you ask, do we have any comments yet? It's not like it's still saved on our hard drives. Like, 
and it's nearly for another two weeks. It's always fun talking to you. Uh, the brother moment here when David and Nate are just hanging out talking, and Nate needs to change the topic so he could get his mind off things. Yeah, it's like a matter of time before what David is talking about sort of slinks back to to Nate, like what's going on with Keith and whatnot. Um, it it's crazy how like everything. And again, I know the writing is tailored to that, but how everything just sort of comes back to how, I mean, something we've sort of skipped over and I guess we could get into it is just like what Nate must be going through. Oh God, I can't even imagine what he's going through right now. It's, it's, uh, I, it's so terrifying. It's so sad. The next scene is what kills me. There's, yes. two, there's two yeah, moments you're completely in this right. show mm-hmm. that always, always like, like sends chills up my spine. It's the end of season four. There's a scene with Nathaniel and David, mm-hmm. but this scene here, cause I fucking had that dream and it's, it's never been like with my mother. Cause I was like kind of too young to like have that dream. I'm like, Oh my God, my mother walks in the next day. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking like more like breakups and stuff like that mm-hmm. where like I go to sleep and it's like in my dream, everything is actually fine. But you get that moment of like, Oh no, no, that was just a silly breakup. And then you're just doing whatever. And then yeah. you wake up and you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. But like here, when Nate is like, you know, where the fuck have you been? What's she's like? Oh, I just I had my phone off, and he, you know, like I was so worried. But that like cold cut to yeah. Nate just being like like a zombie mm-hmm. fucking crushed me. I was like, oh, God. I know. When I saw that scene, I thought, wait, I don't remember. I thought, oh, did, did maybe she? Yeah, it does. It fooled it, me the first was, time. It fooled, it fooled me. me the first time. I remember. It's been a while since I've watched right, this, right. this. And then when when you realize it's not real, oh, my heart just broke for him. Yeah, it's so sad. That that dream, and I like that they they showed a dream like that, yeah. and it wasn't too far crazy where she didn't come in with like a halo over her, right. she's wearing all white or something right, like that. Right. It was, felt totally real, real. right? Uh, and it happens right after this scene here. Mm-hmm. So, but man, just it, and I think it wasn't like Nate didn't wake up to it either. He was like daydreaming. Like, yeah. you know, that almost makes it worse. When you're sleeping, you could like wake up and be like, holy shit, that was a dream. This is like totally cognizant you know mm-hmm. and, oh god i just can't imagine what he's going through i mean his wife is missing knows no idea their relationship wasn't strong to begin with there's you, a child do you think this could happen today yeah. i mean I, I know it's silly to say like of course someone could go missing but with the amount of cell phone tower technology and and all of that stuff and whatnot do you think like something like that could ha- totally happen? I guess so, right? If I the guess phone is turned question. off and they don't use credit cards, yeah. But, like with camera technology and license, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I but it does question. happen. It yeah, happens all the right. time. You you're know, right. I, I just, yeah. it's sad. It's it's sad and scary. So like we see here that like Nate takes out his anger on a tree and <laughs> on the commentary <laughs> they said that they did wrap the tree in plastic. So the Nate didn't hurt the tree <laughs> and they find Lisa's car. Uh, when Nate gets handed the phone, when I was like, fuck, I couldn't. Anytime you're just waiting for your phone to ring mm-hmm. at, at any given moment, it could yeah. be we found her. She's dead. Yep. Or it's like a death call, you know? Yeah. Um, when Nate is with the officer, when they found their the, the, the car, uh, first, there's a moment, a, a few episodes I did ago with uh, Megan Rooney. Uh, it was episode five, I believe. Uh, the... That kind of happens. What happens to Lisa kind of happens to that character in the show. Uh, that the guy who dies in that episode, and um, it's just sort of the same thing. Like they just the car is abandoned. No one knows whatever happened. Uh, how cr- like I don't know if it makes it better or worse, or if you have more optimism or not to find the car. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just like every, I'm just trying to think like if, if I was going through this, I mean, obviously you just want to know what happened. Yeah. It's fucking obvious. But yeah. I'm talking like, do you want to find a car and start having to piece stuff together? Is the car, does that even help you? Yeah. Cause now you have to like wear, wear whatever. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that you would want to, I don't know. I'm, and I'm, I'm absolutely 100% not discussing case detail. Um, but I have, I have in my time as a funeral director at one point served, um, a situation where, you know, they didn't know for a long time. And then one day they, they found out and just listening to the people talk, they, um, it, they just having all that stuff in the, in the head, you could hear that if, you know, if there was anything, cause there was completely nothing, nothing to go on. So yeah, I would think you would want to see something and then start piecing it together, but something. I, I just couldn't imagine. And, and it's kind of how much we take for granted. Let's just call it a funeral. Let's not even, let's not make it. So it's like, so, so we're so pro funeral, but just how lucky Think about how crazy this is to say, you know how lucky you are to have for someone to die and you know what happens to them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. could you imagine tomorrow someone's gone and you have no, no idea. idea. That, yeah. was, that, that idea, that, that feeling that like one day they might just pop up yeah. or they'll never pop up. Or one day you're out at a supermarket and like, is that I know, like, I you know, know, I know. That's so crazy. To I me. know. You know, what's crazy is, is what, you know, we don't have to go too spoiler, but. They, 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 they really don't find her. They find some of her and yeah. it's not conclusive, you know, yeah. even when they do find her, they don't, there's not like a full yeah. story. Like, so yeah. she got out here, she bought a Dr. Pepper and whatever, you know, yeah. uh, it, I, I guess to move to the two visitations that mm-hmm. they have going on, uh, like I was just saying before that the idea that all three families have to be served on the same day <laughs> as a business and for yourself. And I guess respect to the family, you could have moved one of these. To right. another day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would never allow that. Like, I, I just, I, 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 I doubt all three families were like, we need this on mm-hmm. May 21st at Wednesday at 3 mm-hmm. p.m. Mm-hmm. And or each one of them were like, yes, yes, we all but need it. But you sit down with them and you say, listen, we, un- you know, unfortunately we have two other services scheduled yeah. and we're not going, you're not going to be happy with having, you know, a ton of other people here. Right. And uh, when you listen to it, they are like, panicking about we've got 30 minutes to get them out of here well that's so how absurd could you that they were gonna that? right that how they were gonna flip the rooms yeah but what are you gonna go tell people to leave funerals never start on time and they never end on time <laughs> yeah, yeah. are you kidding me you have to build hours in between those to get ready for something else and, and what they cho- dumb <laughs> what they chose as as a show what they chose to focus on when you have this amount of of cases going on in your funeral home i feel like I guess that was kind of cool to see, mm-hmm. like being like an outsider to be like, oh my God, I've never thought of what happens if you have two funerals, whatever, but shit, they could have, like, I wish they would have shown more of the, like, the Mrs. Smith who calls in and just wants, uh, wants to know how much her obituary was. While you're in the middle of running 16 visitations. And it just keeps getting, <laughs> and she keeps calling yeah, back. Yeah. And it's like, I promise someone will call back. But all your directors are like, you know, just stupid little stuff. Or like mm-hmm. you were supposed to send that email to confirm yeah. the, 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 the priest for the, the other family you're serving. Like, I, you know what I wish they would have shown? Someone forgot to order a burial vault. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Like, you know, or someone forgot to order a casket or flowers. Or That's, flowers. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> 
Yep. That's what I wish they they would have shown just that side of it because what like I feel like this doesn't happen a lot. No. There's no way a funeral an experienced funeral home that they are they they don't stagger times or anything. I just wish they would have shown like the actual stuff that happens. Like you know, um, again, like I said, someone misses or or whatever. Uh, I just I was kind of like I can't believe you're gonna flip the rooms and in that amount of time, I don't know, just <laughs> all of just, it. How are you gonna tell people to get out? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like you don't go to people and say get out. <laughs> well, he. I mean, David even said it. he's like, you know, we kind of usher them in and usher them out as fast as they can. <laughs> Who cares if they're illegally parked and they might get towed? Which if he gets towed, that's someone that's gonna stay at your funeral home a lot longer. <laughs> so and they also you're gonna pain for that because they're gonna say you told well, you me. You told me. Yeah. Yep. Oh, look at that when she's spreading the ashes. Pretty real. Um, uh, consistency of the cremated remains. The See, gray culture marble are incorrect. I love up. right here. Look, when Brenda wipes off the windowsill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have the episode on and, and it just came to the scene where um, um, they, they, they spread burn out the window. Uh, when David calls Claire down to help and the three of them, David, That's Rico, and Arthur... Uh, it didn't even seem like they were that busy. I know. David and Claire just keep talking. I know. Like, and like he's standing next to her and, you know, talk. I'd like, don't you have something to do? Yeah. Like I just imagine like you, you're all, you're you, like, you'd be sweating from whether someone's outside running the parking yeah. lot or like, you know, just anything. Like, yeah, look, we have it on now and there's two rooms and David's just sitting there handing out programs. But as a funeral, listen, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with being a funeral director that hands out programs. I get that. No, but no, no, you've not... got to be in control. No, no, no. I'm not saying that you did. You just got to be in control of all aspects of the funeral home. <laughs> Why Wait, don't you, you have... Because David calls Claire down for help. And Claire he stands comes next down, to her. He hands her the programs and he just moves to the other side of the door. And this is the part where you get to that... Um, uh, um, you know, an Asian man shows up and they assume they're there. Oh, yeah, Mr. they're staring. Yeah. They're like, no, I'm here for Mr. Tully. And, <laughs> oh. and then you get someone who's clearly there for Sue and they, they, uh-huh. they confuse it because then we get uh, we get the introduction of George Sibley, James Cromwell. Right. Um, I guess uh, here here's what the first part. He was there for Sue and then. Yeah. He left his glasses. They assumed that he was there for Tully and they said, nope. And he does that whole thing. Uh, he left his glasses and Ruth just unleashes on him. Uh, well, first of all, it comes back at like 8 at 30 well, at yeah. night for that, reading that's glasses. That's one thing that drives me crazy about for, the show because I don't think it's 8.30. I think it's like 10.30. Okay. I'm not answering the door. Yeah. A. Who is? Yeah. And, and you need reading glasses? Really? You can go back to Walgreens <laughs> and get a new pair. Okay. There's $5. Get out. Uh, I, and I guess just speaking to the idea that people just think a funeral home is always open and always someone there. And I guess here, like, you know, someone was there. Um, I got to tell you that that was probably one of the downfalls, even though it was such a nice, nice, nice apartment. When I lived in the funeral home on my days off, they would, the office manager would always buzz me upstairs and say, I need some help. And you'd have to come down. Yeah. And one time, you know, I was just fed up. I came down in my snow white pajama pants (laughs) and I said, what is it that you need? (laughs) (laughs) When were you working, living in a funeral home? A few years ago. And you still have those Snow White pajama pants? I've had those since I was married. My uh, former mother-in-law gave those to me. Oh, okay, okay. So it wasn't... Okay. I've had those babies for 10 years. Uh, even though this is a TV show and all, if someone started freaking out crying on me like Ruth does to, oh. to George, I'd, I'd be like, what the hell? No. You are cr- so insensitive sometimes. If someone just started crying on me, yeah, this is a total stranger. Hug them. Help them. Listen. They just need you to listen to them. But what if she starts going nuts? And she starts punching Walk him. away backwards slowly. You, you, and you think you're going to be allowed to just walk away? <laughs> just put your hand out. 
and if just... I if I came back into an establishment <laughs> to forget I left my phone, my, mm-hmm. my charger or whatever, and I walk in there and the owner or just someone, he doesn't know that this is Ruth Fisher of the yeah. town, just started wailing on me, crying. I'd be freaked out. Hmm. You wouldn't, let me get this straight, you wouldn't have this person just sit down and you back away. I would say. You'd be there with open arms. Of course I would. And then I'd say, can I get you a glass of water? I have a truth detector on (laughs) this show. So it can just like ring or (laughs) like the meter would be really red right now. I would sit and listen. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about... I'm talking about he kind of holds her and she cries on him. Mm-hmm. I would grab that person by the shoulder <laughs> and very firmly sit them down. Like, get out of here. But I guess I guess how the scene ends where, where she, she goes, you know, I just cried on a stranger and he goes, not anymore, I'm not. It was I actually was, a really good scene. I, yeah, she had like, a breakdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, is that what she gets for holding all this optimism? Like... I'm just saying, like, don't roll your eyes at me, or at least at least scoff so that people can hear it. <laughs> How many breakdowns have I had from being so optimistic with you <laughs> privately in the prep room where you've had to listen to while he only saw me twice this year for 15 minutes each? That's it actually I, didn't work out. And that is why I have a Bluetooth. <laughs> That's why. You know. Yes. No, it's not worth it. I just, I, I don't see what the point of it was here for her to just, in the end, and again, going back to the theme, like, no one really talks about what's going on. Like, why didn't she freak out on I think that people Claire? have got to find middle ground with this stuff. I mean, I understand just the situation. Think positive, but be ready for the worst. Yeah, and that's kind of... And that's what, Claire was the worst, and Ruth was, oh no, she'll be home in an hour. Yeah. It's, it's not going to work out. Uh, the episode sort of closes out with... I guess I guess it's the first time the three siblings have all been together like this. Wasn't that powerful? Yeah, it was just. I mean, just the way Nate opens the door, looks at them, and he yeah. just sort of crying starts crying on them. I thought it was like, wow. Yeah. I, I always forget it happened in the last episode. Claire just starts talking about how much she misses her father, and you forget like yeah. their father died rather tragically yep. not too long ago. Right. And like you need a reminder. So and you like here like you need a reminder that these are siblings. Like you know. Yep. Like, so then for them to just show up and just they all sleep. You know, they all sleep together. You know what I mean? But they all sleep in the same room. And it was um, nice that they came to support him and just be together. And and this is the the motel where the the uh, officer said. Um, with all of that being said, and how great this scene was. You know, something that we did somewhat gloss over is that Claire is pregnant and she's the one who can't sleep for that. Uh, you know, the camera pans to David. He's sleeping. And then like Nate's missing, not missing, but he's just, again, that same way I was so crushed when he has that dream with Lisa, when he's in that car and he just looks like a zombie yeah. just listening. It's like, oh God. I, I again, I could talk. I could I could talk about it for days, but there's no. I couldn't talk much further on it than I wouldn't know what to do, and I, I guess I'd be like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Nate probably hasn't showered. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he his beard is growing and everything. Yeah, too. Just, yeah. I, I imagine just everything about yeah. him. I bet you he hasn't eaten. No. I bet you he had drink out of pure necessity, where he just. And remember, somewhere. he's got a daughter. Yeah. He's, he's going through this with a small this. daughter. Yeah. Um. The song that was playing in the car, though, what was the name of it? Because it was appropriately was it titled uh, man, for what he, was going he on. He spoke about it on on the commentary, and I didn't pay attention to it because I and, and it's because I I'm, I selfishly end all these podcasts with Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. 
that I should end the episode with this. But what was it appropriate? The lyrics were. Yes, but were? what was what was the name of the song? Because I remember when I heard it, I said, "Oh, that was fitting for for I'm this." Trying to Google situation. it while you are still talking. I'm still talking. Yeah, but okay, now you're not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> uh, is it, I don't know if it's heaven or Corcovado. It might be heaven. I think I remember what you're talking about because they talked about it on the commentary, but now I'll end the episode with that song. So anything well, that's else? that's a nice change. <laughs> <laughs> do you not like the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Of course ending? I do. I no, no. Them. I'm talking about ending the episodes with your dude. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I wonder if anyone else like, well, not likes it. Just It's just something I do out of pure selfishness. Um, anything else on the episode? Because not that we went through it. It's just kind of like I said in the beginning. It was a short episode. Well, not only that, it's just that there's a lot to talk about and there's also not. Yeah. How much more could we go on Lisa missing in? It's not even like the show some, somewhat hinted up to it that she's going to be missing one day. Like they were clearly fighting and they were butting heads. But you fear, you figure Lisa to, you know, what's crazy about this too. Imagine watching this live because we know what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know what to know what to think about it as a show if I was watching it live. Like, like, it, like back she? in the day did when we had to wait for a week. Yeah. <laughs> when we can just move on to the next episode. And yeah. like what Netflix does now of, of um, yo, I'm going to say something. Vanessa's sister, Angelica. <laughs> Shorty can get it. Shorty can get it. <laughs> <laughs> She's on the screen now. And, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's have a Vanessa's sister appreciation <laughs> moment on the show. <laughs> I think she's the best looking one at, throughout this whole series. Well, you better whip out that credit card because <laughs> she will no, spend I your will, money without I, calling. <laughs> she is totally allowed to buy a TV and a refrigerator. Is that right? Is, is that right? She is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, anything else on the episode that we No, I thought this was a good episode. Thank you for having me on this episode um, versus the one where they were playing paintball. (laughs) And uh, I'm looking forward to, I mean, I'm not looking forward to it. I just think it's, I just think that's getting get sadder. No, this is the, I think this is the darkest. This is probably the turn. Yeah. This is like one of the turning points. These three episodes are like the darkest. And the finale, the episode gets really dark. Um, It's definitely the darkest the show gets. Even the tone, not uh, not only the tone, but also the the appearance, the visual of mm-hmm. it gets really dark. It does get real dark. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's, just, it's it's like nothing positive happened this episode. Yeah. Even Arthur got screamed at. Yeah. Rico and his wife, poor Ruth. You know this. I guess Lisa's affecting all the fishers. Claire's pregnant with presumably a guy that she no longer <laughs> wants to date. Uh yeah. It's just it's a real like tailspin. Yeah. towards the end of the season. Uh, so I guess that's it for now. That's it. Uh, please give out your Instagram handle again so everyone could follow you. What? Again? Okay. <laughs> that's at Nat Loves Duncan, D-U-N-K-I-N. I Best am, Instagram okay. for, <laughs> for food, dog, and meme. Memes. <laughs> I love my dog. You just need to stop. No, I know. It's just your Instagram is not the best account for memes. Like... <laughs> Like you barely post memes. That's true. Just, I stopped posting memes because you yell at me about posting memes. Well You're like, should. okay, <laughs> we get it. You know a meme. I mean, okay. Well, You're so mean for for no food, no <laughs> no memes, and no dog pictures. I am on Facebook, at digging six feet under. I'm on Twitter at digging podcast. Uh, always sending questions to the show. I'm at digging six feet under at gmail.com. Uh, join us next week as we will. Be- 
as we'll be doing episode 12 of season 3 of Six Feet Under titled Twilight with... Yeah, it's you. Go ahead. Natalie Willis. Do you want to... <laughs> Mrs. Worldwide. <laughs> Do you want to give out your Instagram handle again? No, no. <laughs> no, give it again, please. At Nat Loves Duck at D-U-N-K-I-N. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. Join us on the next episode as we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under. Please search and subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes under Digging Six Feet Under. The Digging Six Feet Under podcast is in no way affiliated with HBO or Six Feet Under, and the views expressed here are solely that of the hosts. No infringement is intended. In my head.